Welcome to everyone's favorite podcast, It's Reclaimed Audio, with your hosts, Phil Pinsky, Phil Roots, and Tim Sway. Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode of Reclaimed Audio. This is episode 95. What? Let that sink in for a second. Crazy, right? No, I don't believe For August 30th, 2017, this week's top Patreon supporters are Make, Build, Modify, Stu Morrison, The Godfather, Jimmy DeResta, Scott Turner, Greg Mead, Chad Grossclaws from Mancrafting, trademark pending, Shane Bronson, and Keith Decent. Were you waving me because you wanted to say something, Bill? Now I do. Okay. Um, so I think it would be fun to sometimes change it up a little bit. Can we get a kazoo for the Jimmy part? You can do the kazoo. I don't do kazoos. I can do like a fake kazoo, like... Okay. okay. Remember before how we were talking about upping our game? <laughs> I think that's I thought, really going to help. I think that's going to help. I thought you, you going, said... Rrr, rrr, rrr. You just didn't want me to interrupt. Well, there's that, but also the upping the game part. I put the part on the part. So, what are we working on? I feel like we all have a bunch of awesome stuff to talk about. Uh, who should go first... <laughs> Uh, let's go with Tim. Let's mix it up. Well, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I we thought it'd be boring. The voice, you're not going to do yeah. it anymore, right? No, I, was, I thought like you were like, oh, all this awesome stuff is going to be like, oh, boring. I got nothing going on. <laughs> I have a ton going on, but most excitingly of recent was, um, the, the, it's always bittersweet when you send your child off to college and Matt, Maddie just went to her second year of, of college in Burlington, Vermont. Uh, so we had to say goodbye to her for you know nine months or whatever, and uh, but there was a there was a rainbow over that silver cloud. I mean, besides all the rainbows of her future and, and life and, and all the excitement and you know and all that stuff, um, uh, I got to see you, Phil, in person yeah. in the flesh, so to speak, in Burlington because you only live about two hours north of there, and I live about four hours south of there. Yeah. So it was it was great to see you in person. It was nice to have the whole band back together. And- <laughs> And you guys still find that funny. Yeah, <laughs> well, it's damn yeah, funny. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm crying. It's so funny. <laughs> no, it's really funny. Tell them why it's funny. Tell them about my Instagram post. Oh, because... You, you guys well, posted uh, something on Instagram? Yeah. Nice guy. <laughs> Phil, Phil and I took a selfie in, you know, when we were together and, and put up a thing about how it was, how like the whole band was back together and it was so great that the, the two... we were, All of us were reunited and <laughs> this whole running thing, you know, for a while, which is... It was fun, and there were a couple people that defended you, Bill. I, I know, and I would like to point out that this is not new to me. This is. <laughs> He's holding up the piece of wood that we all signed when Bill wasn't at my workshop. <laughs> I mailed to you. I forgot about that. It's like, hey, guess what? We were all hanging out and had fun, and you weren't. <laughs> we signed this commemorative board just to prove it. <laughs> that is too funny. Yeah, we should have posted that on Instagram, too. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's how fast technology Um, moves. I know. It was was wood back then, and now it's Instagram. uh, So Phil and I got to hang out for a while with my family and stuff. Unfortunately, Vance wasn't there. He was homesick. And um, and that was great. But what was really exciting, and and I said this to you there, Phil, and I and I say it again, is that I was super excited to give you my old CNC machine, the Rockler's uh, Piranha machine, the twelve by eighteen. So you have that in your possession now. I still need to get you the software uh, taken care of. So remind me, like right when we're done recording this, I'll email. I'll make the contacts, and um, I'm looking forward to seeing your adventure with the the CNC machine. The software is Vectric. I'm, I'm getting you. Like, because I have the software for you, but I have to get the codes from the guys, and they said they took you up, and I can't wait to see what you do with it. I I, I have some. Oh, go ahead. I, I was going to say, I wanted to ask you, Phil. Did you happen to? Because I have a project coming up. Did you happen to print out something and let it cool off before you tried applying it? You said you were going to experiment with that. The toner transfer. What? Oh. What was I going to do? You said, you said, you know what? I never thought about that. You directly take it from the toner, the print, and you apply it. Oh. You were going to exp- – Yeah. I guess I can try it on my own. I just didn't know if you'd tried that no, or not. Oh, uh, so, no. 
No, but someone, uh, I, I'm sorry, I forget who right off the top oh, of my yeah. head, but someone messaged me on Instagram and showed me that they had printed out a bunch of their logo backwards, the way you're supposed to do it, um, weeks and weeks ago, and he was transferring them, and they worked fine. Okay, good. That, that's all I wanted to know, because I... Because yeah. it makes sense to me that, like, it would work fine, because basically it's get, it's literally getting fused to the paper, and it shouldn't matter if it just happened yeah, you can't before. smudge it off. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. not like cake. It's, yeah. That's great. That's great. This is neat. And it's great that you. Yeah, it's it's awesome. great that you guys got to hang out, and it's great that you have a CNC. I'm just. I'm happy for both of you. We. I mean, this was the weekend of my life. This was a total blast. <laughs> I got to. I mean, this will go down in Burlington, Vermont history. Uh, I got to hang out with Tim, with his wife, with his with his daughter, with uh, with his niece, who is yeah. unbelievable. She is yeah, incredible. What yeah. a voice this girl. Um, and super, super smart. And she's also, uh, you know, I don't know, just, uh, I was very impressed by her and Maddie as well, of course, but I've always been impressed with Maddie. This was my first, uh, yeah, yeah Hillary's really she, special. Yeah. She was awesome. Maddie doesn't listen to the and podcast. We got to have right? lunch. She was great. And, uh, and that CNC, that was, I was like, hmm, what should I do with it over the border? How should I get it across the whole weekend? I was thinking, do I need to get Tim to sign something or whatever? And then I was just like, you know what? I'll just smuggle it. It's so a, uh, why is that you 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 came across a really serious thing? Well, you you can't buy something in another country, or you can't. I mean, it's like not you need a receipt, but what are you new to the world? Of course, you can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> no, you noob. <laughs> you have to declare, and you have to have receipts, and you got to well, yeah, pay if it's duty. Like booze or cigarettes or something. No, or no, it's anything. Meth, really? but <laughs> it's anything. So here's what I did because I have Nexus or. Whatever, uh, it's a trusted traveler program. So basically, you don't even, you don't even, you pull up to a wicket with it, nobody's there. It's just a camera, and you press the button to talk to somebody, and he's like, Do you have your Nexus card? And I held it up, I was like, Yes, sir. And uh, he's like, Do you have anything to declare? No, sir. Have a good day. And off I went. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna make so sure we got this right. So you're declaring publicly that you're smuggling <laughs> things across the border. Yeah, well, it's already, you can't put the genie back in the bottle, so. I'm I'm on this side. Try to get me, coppers. <laughs> but no, I but seriously, like what what would they have said? Like, oh, what's this machine? Like, it's yeah. a CNC machine. I, it probably would have just slowed me down. They probably, I probably, I would have been like, oh, I give tech demos and yada yada. I could have. Yeah, or you could have said, hey, I do yeah, a I was, podcast, and my podmate gave this to me, gifted it to me. It's my it's private property in my private vehicle. Leave me nope, alone. I'm a libertarian. That way. Nope, that's not a thing. <laughs> I know you noobs have never <laughs> encountered the driven border. I, I but really haven't. I can assure uh, you, you are bent over rarely. a barrel when it comes to those dudes. They one time held me for four hours because my passport says Jerusalem on it. And this was like right after 9-11 or whatever. And I'm like, take a look at me. Do I look like I'm... Come on. Come on, guys. <laughs> they landed up apologizing. Somebody said, yeah, he was new and he was a little overzealous. I was like, all right, I'll see you later. But they can do whatever they want. So you sit right there and don't move. You've got to sit down and you better not move. Mm. So what are you so, working on? That was that. What am I working on? Actually, I wanted to make a uh, – I'm working on a bunch of stuff. I've got this True Track video that I'm really trying to get out as quickly as possible and doing a – I really want to do a good job with it because it's uh, – well, it's actually going to help my shop. I'm making a drill charging station. So I'll be able to get that stuff up and off the tables and stuff. But the big, huge announcement that I want to make, and I talked to the boys here about it before, is um, I'm trying to make a go of this. Uh, sort of full full time a little bit. You can go ahead and do that. No, I'm gonna wait for you to say the name. Uh, okay. So I'm launching a website, and it's more than a website, but this is this is the part of it. It's called IronAndSoul.com. Thank you. And um, and I'm gonna be bringing in uh, tool lines from across the globe and selling them online and uh, into the big box stores. Uh, I'll be exclusive distributor and I've got my first line of tools. It's available on the website right now and it's made in Japan. It's all, um, Japanese hand tools. So like Dozuki's, Ryoba, um, there's some, a couple of hand planes, uh, there's some, you know, dovetail saws and all that stuff. So it's, uh, it's super exciting and I'm going to be transitioning and, but eventually I'd like to be doing this full time. And if I can get the critical mass, then I definitely will. So I don't have inventory right now, but what I'm offering are all these tools for pre-sale. So you can go on the website, buy them, and as soon as they're in, they're going to be in in a couple of weeks. You know, uh, off you go. And I would really appreciate that support to help me 
get off the ground. Can, can I point out for us layman's, um, for what you are talking about seriously is what we all think about and talk about is doing the quit your day job, go full time and be your own boss. And that is beyond exciting and admirable. So I am so, so down with this and, and proud of you and happy for you. I, unfortunately I'm going to stick it out a few more years for my pension, but, uh, <laughs> but, but this is great, yeah. man. This is such great news. You know, that it's a really good point that, you know, when, I mean, I, I, I joke all the time about, I have these people that are in the quit your day job club that people I've helped encourage and whatnot. And, uh, it's, doesn't have to be like making trivets and whiskey boxes. There's other ways of quitting your day job that now for your skill set, Phil, I mean, you have a skill set of, of making things, but that leads also to a skill set of understanding and knowing about tools and, and, and quality and craftsmanship. And you also have this, this business of, of marketing and you understand marketing and, and all that stuff. So maybe that's like the, you know, the way for someone else to, to quit their day job is not to just go full time into making dining tables. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, a, it's a exciting and fascinating. Like it never dawned on me like, oh, yeah, to start your own business that's not getting sweaty all day. <laughs> well, I'm, I plan on doing all the stuff I do now. Like yeah. what I'm going to do is I'm going to go even deeper into content because that's going to help the marketing effort for this business. Um, you know, I have a background in importing, so I have the logistics necessary to bring in this stuff. Uh, I have the background in marketing and the background in business. Like if, if anyone's ever seen the movie Slumdog Millionaire, it's kind of sort of the way it is for me. It just it, everything that's happened to me in my life is kind of bringing me to this moment. And I kind of have all the answers to this because of weird mm. experiences that I've had in the past, like jobs in the past that have taught me logistics and inco terms and how to import and how to distribute and all that stuff. And, you know, I sort of, uh, one of my mentors in life built his fortune on the distribution business. And so I had like four years working side by side with him and he taught me everything. So this really just makes a ton of sense for me and the opportunity to be the exclusive distributor for this tool company out of Japan sort of, I don't want to say fell in my lap, but it kind of fell in my lap. So you know, it just, it just makes sense. It's the right timing. Um, and, uh, I really, really want to make a go of this. So well, yeah, well, that's let's, where I'm let's at. Just awesome. real quick. I'd like to point out again for the layman, um, take opportunities based upon what you do, your passion. You know, I mean, you're taking experiences that you've gained in your life, your passion for making stuff and your, and it didn't just fall in your lap. You've had to have put some effort out there over time, you've probably been thinking about this for a while. So just pay attention. And when opportunities arise, be ready for it. It may be, you know, mm. if I mean, it's yep. just anybody in any field can do this, you know, and, and it's, it's neat to see somebody like you because you're not, you're not a multimillionaire. Nobody's handing you anything. You're working your butt off for everything you've got. And, uh, that's awesome. And it is, you're taking your work experience your life experience, mm. the opportunities that you've had and things are falling into place and you're snapping them up. That's awesome. Anybody can do that. Yeah. You, you, you really, you really, I appreciate you saying that. And you really do have to, like, th- you're right. No one is going to give you anything. And mm-hmm. uh, maybe I'm underselling the fact that I, you know, uh, I negotiated with this guy for the last two weeks every night because Tokyo is 13 hours ahead. And I drafted a, you know, seven page distribution contract myself and hammered it out with his legal team and just making sure that I have the, the right pieces in place. Cause I really can't do anything with this unless I have, the exclusive uh, backing me up because I do want to start taking this stuff to the big box stores. And if you don't have exclusive, then you're, you're dead in the water. They'll just go right around you. So mm. I had to be then covered. You're just kind of a Tupperware. Rep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But exactly. And, and so is Susie and so is Bob and yeah. so is Mike down the that's street. What, that's, what I, that's what I mean. Yeah. yeah. You're, you're then, Amway. It's a race but, to the bottom that way. You know, well, you it. know about Amway. I remember Amway. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> this car runs on soap. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you get a pink Cadillac or something? No, that's, uh, no, that's Mary, uh, Mary Kay. Mary Kay, right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah, so. That's exciting. Um, anyway, so that's my that's my thing. And also, I got a CNC machine from Tim Sway, y'all. That was amazing. I was giggling the whole way home. I cannot wait to get this thing going. I have so many, so many ideas for this machine. Awesome, awesome. And I'll, I'll help you the best I can. And uh, like I said, I'll get some software your way from Vectric. And then we yes. will... Uh, I, I just got to start really digging into my new CNC machine today a little bit. Uh, I've made a few cuts on it, and I have a the guitar project that I owe Vectric software um, in exchange for 
the software that, and I'm going, I think I mentioned last week, I'm going to do a, like a, a speech in, in Vegas. Um, yeah. but so I, I owe them this guitar building. I started, I drew the files months ago and I, I was waiting for this new machine to come in. I just made one of my, started cutting it out today and it works. Yeah. Sweet. <laughs> it's working. I was like, Oh my God, I don't have to go back. I, this is done. You know, even all the that things so I screwed cool. up, like, it was like super exciting. And you're going to, I can't wait to watch you go on that journey with your stuff, you know? Well, I just watched your video on setting up your new machine, so that was uh, that was really it cool was to see. Very good. Give me some good ideas about dust collection, actually. So oh yeah, yeah. It's, it's all about the shoelace. <laughs> yeah, it's like it doesn't have to look good to work good. <laughs> it mine doesn't work good. I need to do some work on it. It's take the money and run, Sway. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, no, they're uh, they're they're a blast. It's it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a lot of fun. But we uh, we have a lot to cover today, so let's get to Bill. Oh, well, I was going to say real quick, yep. this is where my mind went with the, the Piranha. Um, you take your toner transfer, <laughs> you transfer it on there, and then you can have the thing carve it out. But that's probably anti-intuitive <laughs> to what that thing's supposed to do, right? Actually, what I could do with it is I could make a branding iron because it'll do aluminum. Yeah, slowly. Oh. Yep. Yeah. You made aluminum so, branding iron. And it doesn't have to be deep, right? What, what does it have to be? Maybe a sixteenth uh, of an inch is probably enough. Yeah, exactly. So I could literally make my maybe own branding eight. iron. Maybe an eight. Wow. That would be fun to do. Yeah. Well, you know That's what? I, I should go because yeah. I got I got some shout outs I gotta I gotta give. Okay. Um first I I gotta say that the timing of the um if you guys got a chance to read Mike Laffey's post about his daughters and his his oldest specifically. No. Anyway, Mike Laffey's an amazing what do you call a lyricist on paper? A writer. writer. He's a writer, right? Yeah. He's amazing. <laughs> he's an amazing person. Yeah. He's an amazing person. He talks about his family and, and especially his daughters. And it was just so moving and so amazing. And then Tim, you're just talking about sending Maddie off to school and blah, blah, blah. I just, I, you guys are awesome. I love you. Uh, so I saw, I saw after our last, um, uh, 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 podcast and somebody had mentioned something about very specifically Bill, I gave up and because you were talking over everybody and I want, I want you guys to know that I literally, both of you two, I'm looking at you. I messaged him privately and said, dude, I'm sorry. And I'm going to work on that. So I just want to make it public. I recognize and I'm, I'm going to do something about that. So we're, we're uh, trying to go back to the hand signals again. Like, Oh, me, 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 pick me. And, uh, yeah. uh so I put out a video. A uh, little tiny shelf that I made. Casey, it was her idea. It's like make me a shelf. I'll hang my guitar from it, and then I will put my amp on top of it and get it out of your dusty old garage. And I got that done. It was really simple and fun to do. And I don't know what I'm going to do for – I have another guitar build I, I'm going to do, but it's not going to be very different. So I'm not going to film it because it's a lot of work to film mm. that. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, – <laughs> uh I, I'm thinking maybe the the uh, the plastic tool case rehab challenge. Maybe I'll make it. That'll be my next video. That's a good idea, especially since it was your idea. <laughs> yeah, I just <laughs> I just have uh, three words for you: silver spray paint. It'll be a success. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, Tim. You keep thinking you have to convince me. I'm I'm sold. I'm I'm absolutely sold. I am not sold. Not even a little. Oh, didn't you? Haven't you seen all the amazing pieces of miniature furniture that Tim Sway has made? Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, I, yeah, I saw them. They're horrible. I don't want them. <laughs> the only good one was the one that looked like a log as the base because that was so outside of the norm that it kind of makes sense as a statement piece. All the other ones were just weird. But you're still cool. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Well, I mean, I can smuggle that CNC back across the border for you. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just get on the phone with uh, Border Patrol. <laughs> yeah. I got well, my I Nexus card. <laughs> I, I don't have anything to be blackmailed with, so I can just tell you, it's just not for me. The silver, I think it really was a Tim Sway thing in that one client, I think. And I think it stuck in your head somehow that this was a good combination. Oh no! I never. No, I really is no. no. For, for the record, I've never had any client. I've never done that for anyone. Uh, the point oh, was. Oh, that's what you said. No, the the, the oh. point was is that if you're gonna like, we didn't like the idea of like the stained walnut versus real walnut. That's horrible. And you guys are saying paint it white. I was like, heck, paint it silver. Anything is better than than doing that stained walnut against real walnut. And so then I was like, just experimenting with it. The idea is it's a thought experimentation about like, well, what would work? And so I, I really had fun with, especially the log and the branch of spray painting those silver. But you, Something that's, 
And again, it's, it's getting more into art than furniture, but that's maybe what I want to do is make art that's furniture. I, I just want to make sure, though, if it's an experiment, that you'd have come to the conclusion that it looks terrible. No, I haven't yet. I haven't okay. yet. Um, well, keep, keep because going until I can, you do. Give it a couple more days. <laughs> you do. <laughs> I, uh, I actually really like the look of the – because it's so unnatural. It's like um, – it's almost alien, like the, uh, the look of the grain with the silver. I it's, think that's very – You know, I mean, yeah. there's contrast and there's – tacky i just it it's a little gauche yeah, tim it's, it's a little gauche it's 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 borderline gauche <laughs> that was yeah, I, know, I know right. what it was but <laughs> call back <laughs> i don't know but, we, but we, don't have, we don't have time for this no it's called back to yesterday's lunch with tim's oh, wife yeah. but um we don't we don't have time to be going down this rabbit hole of us bsing about stuff because yes. we have a whole right. bunch of questions to answer from listeners okay and we, I don't yes. know why they okay. want to know what we think. I was going to say, and we have answers to everybody's questions. So this is let's let's get her done. Yeah, let's. Yes. Okay. Let's so let's move on start. Here we, real we, quick. We're going to try and Who, plow through this. The, the first one, one I'm going to read. I actually brought the emails in with me today. The first one's from Robert. I'm not going to use last names. Um, great podcast. Uh, here are my thoughts. Uh, I'm trying to just read through this. Basically, he's saying um, that. Uh, there's been a lot of, of chatter on and offline about the future of our trades and the crisis looming with regards to the lack of interest in new builders and makers. How can we, as current builders and makers, help groom the next generation to refocus the incredible opportunity of working with their hands? Is there an organization that our community can get behind in order to create a larger voice and make a push for the industrial arts to be brought back into our school system? Go, Phil. I I don't know that that's necessarily true because I'll be honest with you. We're I, I can only speak for mm-hmm. let's say Montreal, but my brother uh, just graduated from a carpentry program. He is a carpenter, and we have like five schools in Montreal, um, and there are ridiculous waiting lists to get in. And so I don't understand where the downturn in the trades is. If anything, I've seen a huge resurgence of it. I have friend. I have at least two friends who did their uh, what's it called? electricians program there to become an electrician so they're mm-hmm. well they're journeymen now because they're my age but they were apprentices for quite a while and it took forever to get into those schools so like i said it's not like it's one school for a city of five million there's like five schools and they're all jammed and there's private programs that you could pay extra to get into faster and yada yada so I, i'm I wondering if it. he's not really asking um when i was young i went to shop class and I think there's a lot of the, the music and the shop and a lot of sports now that aren't available in schools. And if that's what he's talking about more, especially here in the U.S., um, it's it's not so much about the trades because I agree with you. Construction's at an all-time high, I think, in our country right now, especially the Bay Area. There's there's not enough houses. There's not enough thing, you know people are overbidding for what's available. So I don't think it's the trade so much as it is a uh, younger generation learning to, to make things with their hands and get out in the shop. So, I don't know. I don't know. I've... Well, yeah. I don't know. He, I think he that, the word I think he's, he is right a couple of years ago, but I think that he saw the problem as well as a lot of other people have seen the problem. And I think that that is coming coming back around now. I think that that is not as big of a problem now. There's this, this big push for STEM. But what I continue to say is to not forget to add this because STEM stands for science, technology, education, and math. Uh, and now there's a push to add an A for art to that. And I think that is the most important thing because what I'm yeah. afraid is going to happen is they continue to remove art and music and, and, and all the culture from it. And they just push the trades in the, in the engineering and the mathematics side of it. We're going to have a generation of workers and not a generation of creators. And that's my big concern. Uh, so to, to make sure that there's, they're teaching people to think creatively and freely with this technology. Um, and it is happening. It's it's going to come back, Robert. It is. It's it's. There's a big push. Makers Fair yeah. is a good organization. Make I would magazine say to get in general because mm. that's sorry. It, mm. Make magazine in general. All the maker spaces that are coming up, I think, are bringing more of that, less of the trades and more mm-hmm. of the art side to this for younger people, especially. I mean, there's so many kids running around now that know so much about. You know, look at Vance. He, I, he's not the exception. Vance is just one of a lot of young people that are learning from their parents about this I, again the yeah, surgeons i think yeah. I've, that's yeah. what i see so yeah listen my kid's not vance but and this is no joke i was fixing the fence the other day and i said jake i need four one and five eighths inch screws he ran into hmm. the garage and he came back with four you know what i call that five eighths inch screws <laughs> so i'm not too worried about this generation can I can I stand? I, I was going to say I call that no. a little bit of 
child yeah. abuse because it used to be when I was young, it was like, Bill, go turn up the TV, stand there, hold the antenna. Well, we have remotes now. So. Yeah. yeah, well, I'm no, just saying. It's, it's not as fun so for him as you might I call think that it good is. He loves it. Are you kidding? Oh, yeah. oh my God. He loves it. No, because it. you're involving the child in an adult activity, and like that's their play at the same time, and they're learning. That's, that, yeah, hands-on. That's great. Absolutely. Um, oh, yeah. No, he's going to be chucking them at you when he's 16. The same. When he's 16, may not so, not so much. Just Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> Inside a pneumatic yeah. gun that he made. Uh, okay, I, th- I think Honest that's, 3D that's good. We got everything. That's right. All right, good. Cool. That, yeah, that was a good. Yeah. It was a good question, and it, it, yeah, it's like timely it was good. too. Thank you, Robert, um, because it is right now. You know. Uh, okay, the next one is from Kirk, and he wrote, and and, and this is uh, funny. He wrote, "How come I never see you quote pros and quote using the newer polyurethane glues?" And he put, "I.e., Gorilla Glue, Elmer's Pro Bond, etc." All I see is good old yellow wood glue. I use the polyurethane glue and, and get great results. And when he says pros, I think he meant to write to a different podcast, but we're going to answer it anyways. Bill. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. Um, I would tell say us how the reason I don't Tell us how you really feel. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, no, I, I understand. You know what? I, I think it is something that's just not very common in the U.S. because I see a lot of the maker videos that are not in the U.S. and a lot, there's a lot of polyurethane glues out there that are being used right now. Just, it's just not common here, I think. Uh, I think it, it's construction adhesive. Well, it's, no, it's like- not. It's construction adhesive is different than polyurethane glue. Gorilla glue, the reason I don't like the most Gorilla glues is because when, when, when it starts to activate, mm-hmm. it actually squeezes out. It's almost like polyurethane foam that used to fill in cracks and seal... Yeah. You know, air spaces or whatever, and, and they make roofs out of it. That's why I don't like it, but I understand, and it takes longer. It seems like to be able to get back to the job of working on the piece. Maybe, hmm. maybe there's different polyurethane glues out there. But well, liquid nails. I think there are. Because yeah. they also come in the, um, in the, you know, in this, those liquid tubes. Nails. Yeah. No, but those tubes that you have to, you know, it comes in a caulking gun kind of way. Yeah. Yeah. That's polyurethane. The, right? I have liquid nails. That's I've construction used that for stuff. Yeah. No, but then there's yeah. also you know the actual construction. It comes in a caulking gun. You got to cut the end, and that's what you. That's what John Heise uses for everything, and he uses it because it's not water based, mm. so he can use it in a mm. cold shop. That's interesting. And it won't freeze. Well, that's that's not polyurethane glue, though. I don't think maybe maybe he's using that. Yeah, but I have some in my garage. It's. Says so. Gorilla glue. Well, gorilla glue yeah. is just it, making the reference to gorilla glue specifically. I think those are two separate yeah. things. Well, gorilla glue is a polyurethane glue. It is. is yeah. Okay. And maybe there are some construction yeah. type adhesives I, I use, that are um, polyurethane, like as the, well. the liquid nails type, the yeah. caulk gun type stuff, a, a lot when I'm doing like a, a plywood subframe that I'm then veneering. I'll call it with um, reclaimed wood because it's like it's quick, it's sticky. Couple Brad nails right. that holds it in place, and it and it fills because I'm working with a flat surface and unflat surface a lot of times, so it sort of fills those voids. I used Gorilla Glue a few times because I thought the way it expands, it would help with these voids, and it didn't. It just made it. It, it just didn't work for me. Yeah, it just made a mess, and it was like, and it was like you know when when wood glue mess. you know gets out and you have to scrape it off, you just scrape it off yeah. and you move on. When that stuff gets out, it's a disaster to clean. So, I think you hit the nail on the head with this one, Tim, when you said. You're asking the so-called pros, but we'll go ahead and answer yeah. them because it really sounds like yeah. we're not too we sure about the answer to this right, question. Right. Well, I'll tell you. I use uh, wood glue because uh, I bought a gallon of it, and I'm still good. And uh, I, I've never had any issue with it. PVA dries harder than Ever. the wood itself, and and I've never had a failure. I've never had a wood glue failure on anything ever. And uh, and I think Matthias did a comparison video. Of Gorilla so Glue did, versus uh, Lynn, PVA. Darby Norver. Yeah? Oh, not that. She did a uh, PVA comparison of all the different types oh, of yeah. wood glues, basically. Uh, okay. So he compared. She, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Hmm. He had, uh, he had compared PVA to, uh, to like Gorilla Glue and a couple of other things, and, and the PVA did better. Yeah, I and I yeah, trust I, him. I, I, I agree. I, I hate I hate to sound like an old man, like to like. Well, that's what always worked, you know. What I mean, because that's just not yeah. my personality type, I'm, and that's why I have Gorilla Glue in my shop, and that's why I have these because I tried them all. But I've only made this decision after trying them all. The good old fashioned wood glue works best. I'm not saying it because it's the tried and true method that. Well, that's the way my grandfather did it. It's not that reason. It's because uh, all the other ones just haven't worked for me. 
you know. I, I think we might want to point out too that we're talking basically, in my mind anyway, I'm thinking of woodworking uh, for this question. And wood glue probably works best right. for woodworking. Well, Construction adhesive may work better for some kind of hybrid. Like, you're, you know, even though it's plywood and reclaim wood, it's still, it's, it's a little bit different. It's like hybrid. And maybe almost. the. Yeah. yeah, and then polyurethane, maybe yeah, there's a mixing, better application yeah, you're gluing, for that. Sorry. Yeah. If you're gluing aluminum to that, obviously you can't use wood glue. So, yeah, when those cases come up, that's where I find, you know, but I tend to lean towards epoxy for those. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah. me too. And metal to metal, uh, JB Weld. And, like, I guess the, I use the glue for the situation, and one hasn't come up where I need to use a polyurethane glue. I use for metal to metal, I use a, a, a 140 MIG glue. <laughs> <laughs> Hot glue. Must be nice. Must be nice. <laughs> the hot glue for metal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, All right. I, I think that was another great question. Wow. And it kind of showed that we're uh, we're not we're not on our pedestal, folks. We we are right there with you in the in the in the dregs, uh, in trenches. the in the trenches. That's what I meant to say. Trying to figure these things out. So please don't know that we're just we're just one of y'all. We're stuck in the glue with you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> please continue to refer to us as pros. Yeah. You will get your question read if you do. <laughs> Correct. All I can all I can say all I can say is this experience has made me feel like we're bonding. Oh. Ah. Wait, 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 wait. I haven't done yeah, this in a while. Please. <clears throat> oh wow, that was really good too. <laughs> okay, uh, and then our our final question is actually several questions, which is why we were trying to plow through the first two to try and answer all these, and they are from. Plow through, yeah. No, All respect we, given to the first two. Not for those guys. Get rid of that they, nonsense. There's yeah. single questions, the first two. Yeah. And the next one is more um, from uh, Teresa, right? Teresa, yep. Uh, and, it's more of an essay. Yeah. I'm not going to read the whole letter, but uh, basically she's she's in a similar field in a line of work and, um, you know, very into the uh, eco-conscious, you know, making and, and the upcycling and loves the story and all that stuff. That's what she does. Um, but so she was wondering um, – here, I'm going to read all the questions and then we'll go back and go through them. So the first question is – that way we have to get through them all. We can't like miss them. So do you ever struggle convincing clients that the quality of your work is worth the additional price compared to a cheaper alternative? I'm assuming she means like, i.e., you know, a chain store, box store. Um, and she can asked, I answer these each and then you guys can go into more detail? Sure. Okay, go ahead. Okay. No. no never had a struggle? Nope. Okay. I don't do it the way you guys um, do. I mean, you guys do it much more often. So I basically – this is what it costs. Yeah. Yeah. I, I believe it or not, I'm of that camp as well. I've never had to explain it to an Etsy customer ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, and at only one time did I have a tire kicker who was like, uh, wanted me to build him one of those, you know, mudroom organizer things, you know, with the bench and the hooks and all that stuff. And then when I gave him a price, which I thought was really reasonable because I know this guy or whatever, he's like, really? Is there any way to do cheaper? And I just like no, and I'm not replying back, and that was it. That was the end of it. I'm really not like, well, I'm not. You know, your time. I, nobody would ask you to discount your time. Why would you ask me to discount mine? It's not like the materials I'm getting them any cheap. Oh, you want to pay less? Let me tell Home Depot you want to pay less, and I'm sure they'll give me a discount. Mm-hmm. So you're asking me to discount my time. Just it's a no go for me. Yeah, I I will discount my time for friends and family. I was going to say uh, that's the only time. He wasn't that good of a friend. But yeah, but there's, there's, you know, uh, uh, my, uh, my mechanic is a friend of ours. He's actually part of the quit your job, Tim camp. <laughs> and he has his own shop now. It's great. Um, like fold your nose over friend of no, ours. We, you know, well, we like to dip up. <laughs> He's a connected guy. But, <laughs> but, but so he, uh, you know, like I would rather pay him his full wage to fix my car than someone I don't know and like. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, that's just, that's, yeah. that's, you know, do your job and I'll pay you. That's, and, and so I, I have had to deal with that, especially when I was uh, younger and newer to the business. And I was hungry trying to get customers that I would be like, oh, well, yeah, but you get this, it's special and this, blah, 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 blah. And, um, and now I, I spend way less time doing that. I, I, I pitch a price. Usually they just don't write back if it's too high. And if they do write back and say, is there any way you can do it less? I say, oh, well, yeah, I can give you something crappier. You know, like, 
can't. Well, I can. Well, I can cut corners. I, I can't. I can't give you that for less. Yeah, I, I think that's what you try and explain yeah. to people. Uh, the few yeah. times I've negotiated it all, it's been based on what you said you want. This is how much that's going to cost. Well, is it's, there any way to make that price lower? Yeah, and we can do it by yeah. using this material Use. instead. Or yeah. So I mean, it's like and, you and, have to make the sacrifice, not me. Correct. Yeah. And and and. Yeah. The savings come in the material, not and this the time. is an exclusive to reclaimed. I mean, it's 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 pretty no. much in general that you'd have to struggle with this, and you just have to stand your ground, know know your worth, know your market, you know, because you can't as much as you might think that you're special and it's you can charge this much. If you're in a market where they can get the same product for people working their butts off as hard as you are, for and everybody else is doing something at two hundred, don't think you can get five, but also don't sell yourself short. You know, if if it's like, hey, time, yeah. materials, factor it all in, figure it out. What's your market? Is it local? Is it online? There's a big difference between asking for money, like you guys said. You can say this is my price, and if you don't hear back, that's one thing. But if you're talking face to face, that's a negotiation. It depends upon how you negotiate. Hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's why I don't make cutting boards because that that hour sanding that cutting board, you can't pay me enough to do it. Like I believe that was another question she had too. Is like, at what point do smaller objects become not worthwhile making? Right. Yeah. Well. Yeah, we'll get to that in a second. Um, I think I think we'll just yeah we'll just go through them like that. I think we answered that one pretty well. Mm -hmm. So let's move on. Um, in your opinion. Is there a market for reclaimed, quote, consumables of higher quality? Uh, I, I took a look at a few uh, local, she lives in mm -hmm. London, uh, reclaimed shops, and the things they sold were expensive furniture sets. It made me feel that reclaimed was inaccessible to everyday life. I've recently made a paper file holder from wood. Not only is it from scrap, but it's also exactly my style and not generic and at all. And is there space for more of these kinds of things? Do you have a minimum? Well, let's start, start there. Is there space for more of these? Yeah. Types? And then she says, do you have a minimum price for smaller? So let's go back to that. Um, is there a place for these types of things? These, so it's not the million dollar, like reclaimed barn wood dining table. Is there a place for something somewhere else? Well, let's start with the fact that she lives in London. Mm -hmm. Okay. Which is one of the three most expensive cities in the world. Yeah. Okay. So her situation may not be applicable to everyone else's. You know, uh, Bill lives in the Bay Area, also extremely expensive area. You know, uh, Tokyo, you know, like uh, in New York, you, you're talking about some of the most expensive places in the world. I think Reclaimed can be very accessible to most people. Uh, you got to know where to look, where to buy it. If, you, if, you're, if you're trying to buy it at a store, for example, and you're in London and you're like one of the most exclusive streets, yeah, they're going to charge you a huge amount. They have to. They have to pay mm -hmm. a rent. But I'm sure that there is a local maker, like potentially a Jamie Page, who would make you whatever you want at a very reasonable amount. Yeah, or Richard Martin in so, Sheffield. He'll make it for you. That's yeah. right. So you gotta you got to know where to look. I don't think it's necessarily the product that's dis, dis, uh, dictating the price, but maybe more... Yeah, I was going to uh, say, boutique shopping is uh, going to... You know, if you if you put a bunch of small items in a boutique, you can say they're $75 each. If you go to a craft fair... The same exact item might be twenty five. So, mm. it's, there's, it's, yeah. it's the rent district, and I've I've voiced this complaint, and I struggle with this a lot about just the retail model. I feel like for people like us, it's it's um it's difficult to work in the retail model because basically it's a hundred percent markup. And so, if I can make a table for three hundred dollars, and I want to sell it in a store, it has to sell for six hundred dollars for me to get my money. That's, mm -hmm. I have a problem with that. I mean, I understand that the, the retail, they have rent, they have employees, they have insurance, all these things to deal with. Sure. So they need to make money, but I don't want my customer who can come to me and get it for $300 to pay $600 for it. So I have to find a way to find that customer and sell it to them for $300. And that means I'm going to have fewer customers because I'm not on that posh London street, but the customers I have, I'm going to be able to give them a better value. And so it's about networking and making connections. And, and that, that's not just for me as the maker, but it's also for the consumer. Like the consumer has to be like savvy enough to get off that posh street and go, well, where's the guy in Sheffield that's making it? You know, how can I find him right. directly? And there are websites like custommade.com I talk about all the time that can help you the do that. The second part of that question is that uh, she's asking about not making a furniture set and making a smaller item. And at what point does that become profitable or, or not sustainable? Before we answer that, I just want to say one quick thing to Tim. I think that I agree with with your sort of direct-to-consumer approach. However, you have to understand that 
most people do not have that kind of time to reach out to a multitude of makers to make their you know their their home furniture and decor yeah. and stuff, which is why retail makes well, sense. Yeah, you absolutely. go to two stores and your whole home is yeah, done. And, and there's a factory in China that can make a bunch of stuff for them. And they can buy it. Doesn't have to be from China. Don't be like that. <laughs> there's a whole point. There's a whole point to you know the retail works because there's of the convenience factor. We mm. pay more for life to be easier, and that's what that model is built on. Uh, as as oh god, it's, again we're saying Dave Gagne's name on our podcast. Has Dave Gagne coined? Actually, can call I something point else. Out that we again, don't have to, um, it's you saying Dave Gagne's name on our podcast. I know, but well, yeah, it's true. Yeah. This whole thing seems like a ruse to somehow I, elevate this guy's stature. I, I don't I know. May or may not be getting paid and used bicycle parts. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> but here you go, Tim. Yeah. Here's another sprocket. Right, yeah. Don't spend yeah. it all in one place. But, but he he coined the, the phrase for me: the path of most resistance, and that's like because I I get that. But I'm not looking to make a million widgets. I'm looking to make ten amazing things. That's so. I'm looking to furnish my house. How many so, Tim Sways do you think I got to find to well, do that? Maybe you're not the guy that is my customer. Then, like my customers, I, I understand what you're saying. You know, there, I mean, I'm not. Like, it's not like I'm in demand. That I'm right. waiting. It list, depends but, upon the time like, and the money that people have because yeah. I'm not going to be able yeah. to afford yeah. Tim and Izzy time and Jimmy way. and Phil to furnish my house. I'm not, I just I can't afford you guys. You know. But somebody else can. Let's, let's do a payment plan. Maybe <laughs> there, but I think there's people people that do have the time. Well, no, they but, can but, hire people specifically to come in. I want a dining set, and I'm going to go to this guy who makes, uh, who's a metal worker, and I want a bar, and I'm going to go. To the, you know what I mean? So there are people that that can, and it's not necessarily money is being the only thing. But like Phil, you were saying more premium to have the convenience to say I want I want to furnish my house today. I'm going to go pick everything I want out, and they're going to bring it to me. Yeah. Right. But, but just just to clarify, they're probably paying more than they would if they found me. Like, that's – they're paying for that convenience. either Or they're yes. paying less than they would for me, but they're getting crap. And so that's – Yeah, that's the same thing ultimately, isn't it? Well <laughs> – No, but you, and that's not – I didn't mean that as an insult. I mean, like, that's the same – if they're paying – Less for less than they're getting yeah. less. If they're paying yeah. more for the same, then they're paying more. So what I offer, what I offer is the yeah. quality of the people paying most for the price of the people paying less. It's a special select market, and there are people looking for that market. Yeah, and that's sure. my market. You're the bespoke market, right? right? That seventy-two inch table because yeah. you can't get it because everyone else has it for seventy-five inches, and I, I want seventy-two. Right, yeah. exactly. But but you're not the person that someone's furnishing their home with for the first time you're the one no, who's second. like you know what we need that exact mm-hmm. table because of that thing and that's why we need to find a maker who can actually make i take that us. back a lot of my customers are young um uh millennial couples or maybe a little bit older than millennial, but they're uh they're new homeowners and they have a little bit of money like they're successful and they want to do it differently and they want to do it right and so i do have some customers like that so the third the third part of Teresa's question is, um, do you have a minimum price for smaller items? Um, when is making something smaller not worth the time? That's a that's a really good question because that is a big thing if you're doing craft fairs and and shows you want to just like put merchandise into stores without dealing with that full you know hundred percent markup on a thousand dollar table type thing. Uh, I don't have a minimum price that I'll work for. I have a minimum price based on the amount of time something takes for me. So that's that's it's all about hours for me. That's hours exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, hours and material. So if it's if it's five dollars in material and a half hour, then it's a half hour of my labor time, which I basically shoot for fifty dollars an hour is is the goal. Um, so, sometimes seventy five dollars an hour if it's a different type of job, um, and uh, and then the, the materials and and expenses. So you know if I can make uh, a bunch of business card holders, you know, out of a piece of reclaimed wood that cost me nothing, and I can make three of them in an hour. Then that's fifty divided by three, and that's what those things are worth. Well, I was going to say this. This might be a thing where where you're out and about, and you're at craft fairs, or or you have a consignment shop or something, and that's where you have to know the market. It may not have anything to do with time and material. You might be mm-hmm. losing a lot of money if it's time and materials because everybody else is selling this widget for a hundred bucks. Why can't you? You know what I mean? So why sell it for twenty five if the market going rate is? A hundred. I mean, so th- is there a minimum price? Whatever they're selling for in the market. Is there a maximum? Whatever they're selling for in the market. Can I can I offer maybe something a little bit out of left field? Don't sell widgets. You know, my whole advice for selling online is is don't do anything that like 
isn't niche. You need to do be doing niche so that you're not do, part of this race to the bottom. Right. Do do custom, do personalized, do different. That's what's going to allow you to maintain a rate and and make some money. Like if you if you think that you're going to make good money making cutting boards and whatever else you want to call a widget or a sprocket, you're not unless you've got some kind of a market cornered on it. Well, I was going to mm. say is, that's the question though. I, is the question online or is this question um, craft fair? It's the same thing, man. I was in Costco last week and walking down one of the aisles and there was a massive hardwood uh, cutting board with like the blood channels and like the hand grips. It was beautiful. $19.99. Like you're just not making money that way. But there's also a culture of the the craft fair. The people that go to these things, they make it a point to go to them. There are people that look for these shows to go to every single weekend because that's what they want and that's where they spend their money. But that's if that's what you're doing. I mean, you're gonna you're yeah. gonna know your market if you're out there. That's why I said if you're out there in the trenches, if you're out there doing your thing at the craft shows, at flea markets, at consignment stores, whatever that is, you're gonna know your market. If you're selling online, there's a difference. Well, this is this is why I don't make cutting boards. That always comes back to cutting boards for some reason. But this is why because I. For what I, I the way I want to live my life and the amount of time it takes me, I don't see a way to make money making cutting boards. Now that's not to say that there aren't other, and I don't want to say widgets either because don't don't make useless crap. That's what as reclaimers were against useless crap. So don't don't take something and re, and save it from the landfill just to make something that's just destined for the landfill when that trend is over too. That is another thing. But there are smaller, like less expensive things that you can make out of reclaim that are not useless crap that might you know qualify for this so i i hear what you're saying bill and you do need to take a fair market value into consideration but if i could make that cutting board for 20 bucks and have it be profitable for me i'll do it even well, though everybody I, else is, I, I has the to be reality 75. is the reality is maybe more of a, a hybrid and a good example is uh matt and john DeResta. they make a lot of items that they sell at a flea market and they they mm-hmm. are able to support two families um in LA, which is not a cheap thing to do. So there's a market there for what they make and they're making simple tables, simple benches, things like that, that are, that are hot items out there. And it's, there's, Mm. there's a a lot less time in that as opposed to spending a month and a half building a $5,000 table, you know, to where they're able to say, Hey, we got these dining tables with benches, some simple chairs. They do custom work. They make custom beds, blah, 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 blah. But for a lot of it, it's like, Hey, let's load up the truck. Let's get these items down there this weekend, sell out. We're going to make another week's worth and we'll do it again. And those are business cards for getting those commission jobs that are higher Correct. paying. If you're making a bunch of, you know, hundred dollar benches and people like they get to meet you, you get to say, Oh, I can make anything you want. Oh, can you make it this long? Yeah, give me a call. And so then when they call you on Monday, now you can make the higher quality, higher dollar amount item, you know. It it goes both ways. I mean, yeah. I think John Malecki, based on what I've heard on their podcast, would argue that he'd much prefer to make one higher value item than multiple lower value items me too probably yeah just because you'd rather work with the better material doing a spending more time on the on the object to really refine it and i don't know get it to where he'd want it to be if he were if he were building it for himself mm-hmm. yeah and and uh, the, that customer can be harder to please but can also be more rewarding and uh and and you know, sometimes they're harder to deal with, or sometimes they're easier to deal with. Because then yeah. this person that buys a hundred dollar bench that thinks that they should be getting a thousand dollar bench quality. That's that's and they're like, the I just this is handmade by you. How come it's not sanded on the underside? It's like because you bought a hundred dollar bench, not a five hundred dollar bench. I, why do you think it's a hundred bucks? Like, do you want to deal with that person? Which person would you rather deal with? And I, I would rather deal with someone that look is looking for something high end and understands what I what I work with. But not even high end, but like medium end, See. medium high. I guess is where I am. And, and as much as I'm advocating for that, I agree with you both. I, I deal, ideally, mm-hmm. what I hope to be able to do at some point is to have a physical storefront and an online thing for what I make. And what I make are not going to be 20 of something. It's going to be my mm-hmm. bicycle lamp table, Tim's Way inspired thing. If Casey would ever let me sell it, which she won't. But if, if we did, there's some time and artistic quality to that that you're not going to, it's unique. And I'm not going to ask, a hundred bucks for that. That's going to be a seven or eight hundred dollar item. Easy, you know. It, it just yeah. is. So, but I want that luxury. It's like here it is. It's sitting there. There's a price tag on it, 
It's just like Costco. When you go in, you don't say, come here, let me talk to you. I want that cutting board for 20 bucks. How about, how about 15? I don't want to do that. Yeah. I don't want to do that. This, yeah. That doesn't work. Yeah. I tried. They don't. Yeah. They so don't I, care. I, I like the idea of the retail part of it to where like, there's no haggle. That's, that's the price. Look at it. You can touch it, hold it, feel it, come up to the register, pay for it. And we're good either online or in the store, but I'm, I don't want that commission to where it's like, okay, I got to make 20 benches this week either. I want to make that one item that's going to be yeah. more profitable. Yeah. There's, there's a, uh, you know, I think that's the answer is that there's, there's a place yep. for everyone. There's some people would rather go out and hustle and make 20 benches. Like sometimes I like working in volume. Like I like the concept of it, but then really realistically, my goal is to be more like what you're saying, Bill is to just make what people, you know, and, and then, you know, but Phil, like he's into creating a line and a product line and he, and, and having a consistency. And, and so that there's, there's room for all of those. It's just you need to figure out what works best for you, your workshop and your, your Market. mentality. Yeah, your market, your market mentality. Yeah. yeah. Well, the market nowadays with yeah. online, I mean, the market, you can find your market. Yeah, but we like to talk about local a lot too. Yeah. Like as much as I sell on Etsy, I, I would love to build out a local market too. That way I eliminate the shipping and yeah. really get to know my customer. <laughs> Tim's like, oh, is- that's right. Wait a minute. That's that's awesome. Yeah. Well, that's, I've been saying that for, yeah, I mean, my, I have there's 3 million people in the state of Connecticut. 1% of them, I'm busy forever. Yeah, and like... That is so much money in that state. It's insane. Yeah. It's not the top three, but probably the top five. Yeah. Like I was on a business trip there only a few months ago and we were driving through. We did visit. Oh, that's right. Oh, were you there, Bill? (laughs) (laughs) I I like, Phil, I just want to point out that Tim goes from insulting you to insulting me and getting you to laugh with him about it. It's, first of all, your visit wasn't memorable, but Bill, you weren't even there, so. <laughs> oh, man. I can drive. You forgot buses. that we live recorded right next to each other. <laughs> I know. I just wanted. Well, we to drive were driving through buses. this town, and like, yeah, and like, oh, that, and I was like, how much is that piece of crap house? Oh, that's uh, probably three point five million dollars. What about this little ramshackle bungalow over here? Oh, that's uh, six million dollars. I was like, what? Yeah. Do you know what you could buy for that kind of money in Montreal? Yeah. Welcome to the Bay Area. Yeah, that's yeah. nuts, man. It, it is crazy. And then it's like every other town, too. But then the next town, that same house is worth less than half. Yeah. Based on school well, system. Less than all. half. It's only worth 2.8. Well, yeah, 1.8. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> See, the, the, I want to go from the Bay Area where a house, the house that I'm living in now literally is the market on this is about 700000 which is so mind-blowing to me. This house, I think should be a hundred if that. So that's, that's where I'm moving to. My, my mind is going to a place where, yeah, should be. What year is it? Huh? What year is it? What house is a hundred thousand dollars? It's not. They exist. They exist. Oh, they do in the middle. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. That's where I want to go to. I don't want to be in an area. It's so competitive and expensive. You can get houses in Connecticut still for less than a hundred thousand dollars. I bought two of them. In the, in yeah. the I literally have to make a million widgets a year in order to sell them for a dollar each <laughs> and sell them for a dollar each in order to survive out here. That's a lot of widgets. Oh my, yeah. Where everybody knows your name. Um, are there any more questions? I think, I think we did it. I think we answered all the questions in a somewhat timely manner. Hey, look at Yay. us. We're all, ma- we're all mature-like. Yeah. Adulting. Adulting. That's all right. right. Call back. Um, right. Who's okay. watching what? Who is watching the what now? Um, let's see here. Uh, Tim, you go first. Okay, I'm going to go first with what I'm listening to. <laughs> we were we talked a little bit about this before we recorded, but uh, I am listening to a podcast called Lavar Burton Reads. And if you don't know who Lavar Burton is, you're probably not as big of a nerd as the three of us. <laughs> and you're dead inside. Yeah, yeah. He is um, from Star Trek: The Next Generation, and uh, also. Roots is where you got to start. It was Kunta Kinte in Roots. And, uh, yes. and and a lot of millennials know LeVar Burton from PBS where he had a, a children's program, which I'm, I'm too old to remember that, but I just know it existed. But so apparently – What was Rainbow. Reading Rainbow. Reading, right, Reading Rainbow. Sorry, my bad. But don't take my um, word for it. Yes. <laughs> he still says that on the new podcast. <laughs> and he's not allowed to. He's getting sued. Oh, really? I didn't hear that. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's got a huge lawsuit on his hands. PBS, PBS is, suing, is him. suing LeVar Burton? Yeah, you didn't oh, hear that. I thought that's why that's you were like, doing this. Ah, oh, my parents no. are fighting. Make it stop. I know. What a, yeah, what a dark yeah. world we live in. Yeah, they are. They're protecting <laughs> their copyright. It's wow. because he says it on this podcast yeah. that they're suing him. 
Man, that's that's. I almost don't want to. So, so are we going to get sued? We just said it. No, we're not going to get sued. I'm we still going to promote Lavar Burton. I'm going to be on the side of Lavar Burton on this. For... Well, he doesn't own the copyright to say that. I you don't know what care. I mean? I'm going to still promote his podcast. <laughs> well, I love him. So because of course, Lavar M. F. Burton. Yeah, I know. <laughs> he's he's awesome. But so his yeah. podcast is Lavar Burton reads, and it's basically like the premise of it is is that the people that used to watch Reading Rainbow are now millennials, and there's this this whole generation of of kids that grew up listening to LeVar Burton reading them bedtime stories. And so now he still does as an adult, but he's reading adult stories or short stories, science fiction, a lot of them. And just like very beautiful little stories. And it's LeVar being LeVar and he's reading with passion and emotion. And, uh, and it's a great, very enjoyable podcast. And I hope, uh, he gets through the lawsuit that I didn't know about yeah. because I want to listen to more. I'm surprised Jordy LaForge didn't see that coming. Yeah, yeah with, those, with those glasses. Uh, see uh, that? I saw that. Yeah. What you did there? I saw that. Yeah, because he can that's, see that's pretty cool. I, I, uh, we Casey and I listened to that podcast as well. So I'm, I'm, I'm on Lavar's side. Yeah. Uh, hashtag I support Lavar. <laughs> that's, maybe we can do a better job of a hashtag there. Uh, hashtag I still support Lavar. Hashtag, but don't take my word for it. Uh, no, but we'll get sued. <laughs> How about hashtag don't bully LeVar. Don't bully Burton. Yeah. You've gone LeVar too far. Oh. oh. <laughs> huh? Um Bill, what are you watching? I am watching I'm I'm pulling a Phil Pinsky and I something came up on my feed on YouTube and I clicked on this video and this guy is amazing. He made a, a walnut sculpted coffee table by putting layers of blocks of walnut together with sticky tape mark almost almost like the way scott turner takes little pieces of metal and makes them into big metal this guy did that with walnut and he used wow. a, an angle grinder to get the basics down then he popped the sticky tape off and he actually glued it back together and then he finished hands it's watch the video the guys he's just starting out he just got a couple of videos one's a giant tool wall he built one's his table and then a trailer to introduce his channel um, but this this particular video has got like seventy seven thousand views on it, and uh, wow. it's it's awesome. I mean, it's like yeah, that's how I do it. <laughs> so mm. it's 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 pretty neat how he he takes that. And I also want to real quick. We were talking earlier about um, somebody named Kirk. Well, Kirk Fry. I met him in Iowa in uh, Davenport, I believe. Uh, he sent me. The other day he says, "Hey man, I got something I want to send you for for maybe a guitar bill." And I'm like, "Okay." So I got this flat piece of cardboard today and inside of it i guess his brother-in-law is a woodworker and he has this piece of rose brazilian rosewood mm -hmm. and it's like a mm -hmm. just a, a thin veneer of it it's beautiful and i'm like holy smoke so i'm i'm thank you kirk and uh our buddy justin sparks i got a surprise package from him in the mail and i'm thinking he probably just forgot that he already gave me one but it's it's fate because he gave me at Maker Fair uh, one of his light-up um, old radio tube um, memory stick things, right? It's a, like a mm -hmm. steampunky thing that he makes. It's awesome. And since Casey started going back to school, she co-opted it. She basically said, oh, no, that's mine now. And now I have one again. So this is great. So thank you, Justin. <laughs> and um, uh, that's it. And I, I hope that I, I spent my time this podcast um, being a little more polite to my pod mates. And not talking over what they, they were saying. And uh, that's all I have to say. So far, so good. Thank you for your cooperation. Yes. I, I'd like to point out, though, real quick before I end, um, that you two are mean. But I, at least I was polite. <laughs> we are not mean. We are, well, maybe a little mean, but also very honest. <laughs> I'd say 40% mean. A little bit mean. Yeah, I'd say 75% mean, 25% funny. I don't know if you're good enough at math to be having this argument. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not mean at all. Maybe maybe 75 was right. Um, okay, what am I watching? Um, I guess I'm pulling a Phil Pinsky also. Oh. Uh, this guy popped up on my feed, and I've been binging on his stuff. His name is Andy Rolls. You guys heard of oh. him? No. He's got 174,000 subscribers. Should have, I guess. Little guy. Little guy then. Yeah. And um, I don't know. He's got like, I think he's gone pro. So his like, he's got a, a wood shop in Texas, but it's like, it's big. It must, and I think it's on his property. And he's like a young guy. He looks like he's younger than me. Uh, I guess 
stuff is cheaper in Texas. I don't know, but he's got like this full shop and he he does stuff and woodworking and a lot of it's by hand and it's really really cool. Family business and, maybe. Uh, um, Family that? business maybe. Might be. Might might very well be, although he mentions in it that he just took on his first full time employee, mm. so I don't know. Uh, I was gonna say maybe he's importing some custom like individual tool line and that's how he got to start. That would be awesome. Who yeah. would think of something that smart? Yeah. Hmm. Who would come up with that? Uh I don't think that's the case. Did you did you plug uh, ironandsoul.com? You. I was gonna make sure you plugged it. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to set you up, man. I'm right I'm right there Say with it you. Again. Ironandsoul.com, S-O-L-E. So, so yeah, it's almost like a, a fish dinner on the stove in a skillet. Oh, you're talking the kind of fish. Soul. Like soul fish. That's how it's spelled, iron. right? It's really like the two parts yeah. of a plane. It's iron, the iron and the right, soul. Right, but I mean, a, a frying pan is iron and soul is a fish. So the iron and the soul dinner. You don't. I didn't even think about that. I'm going to get a ton of traffic. People looking to cook cheap right. fish. Mm. That is that is killer, man. That is. And awesome. the other market you're going to get the heavy metal Christians looking for a church site. You could be right about that. Yeah. Probably not. But you're welcome maybe. to change it to like you know the steel and cod if you want. Mm. I'm pretty well invested into this okay. name. Yeah. I have to tell you, yeah. copper and halibut. I ate there once. By the way, halibut is great fish. Ask yes, when. my favorite. <laughs> it's actually my favorite. My favorite fish to have. And if I do go with no meat, I'm going to declare that halibut is not meat, so I can eat it. Now quit floundering. Oh, <laughs> I caught you. Oh no! <laughs> this must be a routine that you do with with your just wife. for the halibut. Yeah, <laughs> obviously. He's like we just got set up. He's like a shark. No, I used, I I used to be a cook, so we had all these fish ah, parties, you know. Okay. <laughs> you can tune a piano, but you can't tune a fish. That's right. <laughs> Although tuna is my favorite fish. Like, not tuna fish. Like, it comes in a can, but like a tuna stick. Gives you big muscles. Muscles. Can't eat it very often, though. Why? Mercury, higher mercury. So have they really proven that? Yeah. Yeah, there's a, it's a science thing. Yeah. I mean, out of all the tuna that are swimming around, they tested all of them and they all have well the reason is they don't need to test all the tunas yeah. in the water they test the, the, the tunas that come out of and them. all of them have mercury so <laughs> but the reason is because they, they, they live a long time to get big so if you're going to eat seafood you want to eat the fish that aren't in the water a long time it's because the mercury is in the water and they absorb it if the the shorter lived oh. the fish is the less mercury so like flounder so you want and the, the white the, fish or, yeah. you want the veal of the ocean yes which is why I don't eat it <laughs> <laughs> The chicken of the yeah. sea. <laughs> <laughs> the feel of the... Like, you could not make it more icky. Yeah, I know. <laughs> how, do, how do you guys delete this stuff? I don't get it. <laughs> well, you ignore the fact that it's a creature, and you just taste the delicious. I, I If you've noticed on, on my Instagram, and I know we're getting a little off topic, but I have what? been... I have been vegetarianating... My burritos, uh, every opportunity I have to to go no meat, I've been doing it. So I'm I'm ready for the transition. I, however, have been taking baby cows out to the ocean. (laughs) 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 Wrap it up, man. Are we done? Okay. Yeah. I think we got to change the name of this to Veal of the Ocean. (laughs) This episode. That that would be funny. Um. On Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube, I am Phil Pinsky. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna take Maker Tech reviews off of there. Uh, Why? It's not as important to me as it used to He's be. Got Iron and Soul now. Ironandsoul.com. Check it out. Like I said, the tools are up there for pre-sale. I would really appreciate your support because it's definitely gonna help me, uh, you know, get a, a real push of, uh, you know. Yeah, I don't know what to say. I'm kind of a little choked up about it because this means so much to me, and uh, and I love you guys, and I and I, and I hope that uh, that those those two things mesh up. Check out WilliamLutz.com. Thank you to Justin Sparks for that. TimSway.net. I was gonna say who I will ask to uh, swap out Maker Tech reviews for Iron and Soul on my website. There's probably room for both. There might be. There are there are here too. Oh, yeah. Um. 
timsway.net. Thank you to Jason Payne. Contact us for show topics, suggestions, feedback, all that good stuff by email info at reclaimedaudiopodcast.com or on Twitter at reclaimedaudio. Uh, iTunes reviews. We need them, got them. We need to get more of them. Mm. Please leave them. Take the 30 seconds. We really appreciate it. And uh, because it really does help getting more listeners. Um, you know, there's a, some algorithm changes that are going on with uh, iTunes right now. And those iTunes reviews really, really are super critically necessary right now. And patreon.com slash reclaimed audio. The best way to help this podcast out and the only way to get the exclusive pre-show content that 53 people are enjoying currently. I, I would like to point out, too, that there's another option is that um, share our podcast. I don't usually say that much, but I think uh, post it. I know a few of our, our our devoted fellow listener maker peoples do that, and more of you should because uh, people's ears need us. So don't be afraid to post the link to our podcast on on your favorite social media. I'm look at me sounding all fresh and virgin, not virginial, uh, millennial. Yeah, yep. that you know, I was thinking, who is this 19 year old dude talking? Huh? This, so fresh and virginial. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Okay, maybe okay. that's the name of the podcast: Fresh and Virginial. <laughs> fresh and Virginial. Yeah. All right, caballeros. All right, All right bye, week. everybody. Be good. <laughs>